破壊の剣の人たちを受け切るならば三本ならどう動くはい。Of voice actors, which actually sounds kind of odious and it wasn't supposed to be. I, I found this amazing human being only the other day, actually, in a closing credits webinar. And I have to say, he has one of the most unique resumes I've ever seen in my life.、Uh, I'm, I'm just going to reel off some things. He's a self made mogul with an anime. Manga and card game phenomenon known as Demon Rush. And just to give context of、uh, how powerful and significant this is, it's actually starred one of my heroes, Daisuke Ona,、uh, which is just kind of mind blowing to me. Now, he's the creator and big cheese of Mustard Media, which has 3.6. Nine million subscribers at the time of recording. It's probably gone up since then. And he's self described as being an anime enthusiast, comedian, gamer, father, husband. He created Anime War over the past four years, an anime web series which follows a combined story of mainstream anime characters from Dragon Ball, One Punch Man, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, and Fairy Tale, fighting against an army of evil gods. Now, I am working on my original series as well as sketch comedies and anime slash reviews slash news. I also forgot to add, from, my, from an ob- observational perspective, I think he might be the、uh, genetic combination of Saitama and Lex Luthor. Now, without further ado, I'd love to welcome the mastermind himself, Jake Master. <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure.、Uh, cliched question alert. How's it going? Good.、Uh, 
Man, I, just, I have like an infinite pile of work that I stare at every day. And I usually just wake up, uh, wake up. I have about 87 messages on my phone of fires I have to burn out and things mm -hmm. I have to do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was able to chisel out some time for my, my new bald, friend of the bald brotherhood over oh, here, Mr. Wolf. You bet your ass, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, that question uh, yesterday completely <laughs> caught me off guard. She's like, what did she ask? She's like, how do you shave your head? <laughs> I was saying, I got all these great questions about, you know, voice casting and making my own anime. And the next question is, how do you shave your head? I was like, uh, <laughs> I use hair trimmers. <laughs> I'm so fucking happy you brought that up. I've been laughing about that for the past few days. I told my friend about that. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was quite random. Genuinely blew me away. Because how do you shave your head, and do you go to a professional to do it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my cheap hair trimmers I got from Target, and it's one of the easiest things you can do to just run it over your head. It's you don't need a professional. I, I don't know if that was a joke or I don't know what kind of question that was. But by the way, I just wanted to say during the introduction. You said, uh, I, I, just to let you know that I did, I did voice act in Demon Rush. I did do Lucifer's voice, but I, I only really did that. I, I wanted to give it a try, but mm. I only really did it because we were short on time. And mm. well, it was a combination of we were short on time and I wanted to give it a try. But I, I think only voice acting the voice actors. I mean, it was it was tough, especially with John, who's like a really good coach. Uh, I mean, my God, it took me like 30 minutes to do like three lines correctly. And I still don't even feel like they're that good. Interesting. Needless to say, if you're ever looking for another Lucifer, for some reason, I don't find being demonic too much of a stretch. <laughs> he says demonically. Uh, yeah, honestly, well, that, that's a great additional winter, which I wish I researched now. And I, yeah, that, that question blew my mind. And just, just for context, just to, just because we're part of the Bald Brotherhood, which I love, by the way, because I've had it before when when some idiot makes a, a bald joke and they make it about someone else and they look at me laughing. I was like, do, do you think what, what do you think my reaction is going to be? Fucking imbecile! If you insult <laughs> if you insult one of us, you're insulting all of us. You insult us all. Yeah, we're a, we're a fucking complete brotherhood and a sisterhood as well. You know. I mean, we, we, we saw what happened when Will Smith defended Jada Pinkett's uh, bald head historically now. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. Getting into dangerous ter territory here. <laughs> cut that one out, maybe. Maybe put some music over it. <laughs> so, interestingly, my second question is uh, it's an intriguing one because I actually don't know what to call you, as in. You know, everyone else have been able just to say uh, voiceover artist or this and that. But what do you call yourself? Because you wear many creative hats. <laughs> that's uh, that's actually a good question for any YouTuber, to be honest. Hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, do you say YouTuber? Is that undercutting yourself? Are you a video producer? But you're doing way more than that. Um, you know, you're doing animation and art. Like, yeah. so... I, I don't know. I don't put like a label on myself. I would just say I'm more of like a, a jack of all trades. And I usually just refer to myself as a YouTuber because that can encompass so much. But it also there's kind of like a stigma 
that uh, for people who don't understand, like if you say I'm a YouTuber to another YouTuber, like they get it, right? Mm. But if you say it to someone who doesn't understand like what is involved with that, they, they're like, what, you you just record yourself talking to the camera and then upload it every day? Like they, they, don't, they don't get it, you know? I mean, I, I will add that I, I personally don't understand fully, even though I'm a fan of a lot of YouTubers, I do think that in, in one respect, it's, it's pleasant to have such an all-encompassing term. On the other hand, it, it does sell you short. Because to me, and I think, yeah, to the average uh, lay person, when they think of a YouTuber, they'll just think of someone doing some kind of speech or rhetoric in front of the camera, be it playing a game or just talking. But the fact you are literally an animator uh, who's created a card game, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, it's, it's a weird one. In, in many ways, you're, you're kind of a renaissance man, I think. Thanks. Uh, you know, that's kind of like what, what happens though. Like when, you know, when you start YouTube, at least I was making videos, but I, uh, like just like traditional, you know, video essays, I was doing sketch comedies and then I learned mm. how to animate and just kind of, you have to like learn how to be a creator from so many different angles that at, over time you just pick up more and more skills right and then mm. i guess eventually it gets to a point where at least for demon rush like i had my hands in everything like i was designing and balancing the card game i was figuring out how to do the mass printing for that and how to do the mass printing for the manga designing the the manga i had an artist do the illustrations mm. but i was also i'm also the writer um and then for the animation i directed it uh, and I also did a lot of the animation myself. And so I, I don't, I don't know what, yeah, I, I don't think there's like any singular word you could use to fully encompass everything I do, but it's, uh, it's a lot. Maybe just say creator, yeah. I guess. That might be the most accurate uh, representation. And it's certainly something I've been thinking of when, when trying to describe you. And it, it leads me succinctly to my next question is, how did you decide that this is what you wanted to do and what were you doing before? Yeah, so I, I worked in government contracting like all my 20s and I hated it. And I was always very creative. Like I, I didn't really study hard in school. I always had my head slunched over the desk, just drawing my own comics and stuff. And you know, I always I always wanted to, um, you know, make my own story one day. I didn't really know how to go about it. In fact, I was so sucked into just the corporate work environment that, you know, I, whenever I would get home, I would just like try and get my mind off it by playing video games. And I feel like, I know that feeling, sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, no worries. Um, but I, I don't think it was until I was like in my late twenties that I was like, maybe just something clicked to me. It was a kind of like a wake up call. Mm. And I was like, what, you know, what am I doing? Like you only live once. There's so many things that I've always wanted to do, even since I was a kid. And I started like looking up tutorials on like how to animate, you know, and I started just fooling around with it. And I had a lot of fun. I didn't realize how hard it was going to be, but had a lot of fun with that. And, um, you know, so I started both covering anime on the channel as well as animating it at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess things just kind of evolved from there because like the sketch comedies weren't really performing that well, uh, but I only made like five of them. Like the thing is, I didn't understand that in order to be like a YouTuber, like the first thousand subscribers, the first hundred videos are extremely hard and they're probably going to be crap and you probably won't get a lot of views but it takes a long time and a lot of work 
before you'll start growing organically and start making like decent money. And um, I think it was just like a combination of mo the motivation came from seeing growth um, outside, like in something that I was passionate about mm. and, and like, which gives you like a sense of fulfillment. And validation, I would expect as well. Yeah, fulfillment and validation. Uh, Tony uh, Robbins has a really good uh, quote where he says something along the lines of, um, uh, oh man, it's something along the lines of fulfillment is like directly correlated to uh, growth or something like that. Right. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's something along those lines where you'll, you get in a rut or you get, you know, uh, the, maybe not depressed. Isn't I'm trying not to avoid saying depressed, but like when you start seeing growth is when you're going to feel you're most happy. I feel like you're really preaching to the choir here. I I've known that feeling so much. You know, obviously you're very creative, and I, I dare say your, your whole life, like mine, has been just kind of in this immersive escapism of other worlds that you've wanted to be a part of and then kind of create your own iterations of. And to just be so kind of disengaged with structural things like you know, kind of uh, educational systems and then jobs that you just don't connect with. And it's, it's, it's fascinating, like that, that feeling of needing to sedate yourself when you get home and play video games and, and that in itself could be the prime time when you are making magic. So to kind of have that realization you did that I need to do more than this. I can't just exist. I need to live. I think it's right. a really beautiful, powerful thing. And it's just, it's just lovely to hear. And uh, yeah, my, my, my next question is actually, it's a, it's a bit kind of glad raggy, but I just, I love hearing these kind of answers and it's how cool, is it seeing your product on screen? Uh, how cool is knowing it's a game? And yeah, it's what does that feel like to have a tangible thing like that? Um, <clears throat> to be completely 100% honest, probably not as amazing for me as it is for the people who saw it for the first time, because I have every, been- You saw every stage, right? I, yeah, I, I, you know, created the thing I had, you know, every day, I, this thing was like my life. So releasing mm. it one day, it was like a big deal to me, mm. but it was, you know, for me, I had rewatched the animation probably, you know, a thousand times minimum, just perfecting little things. I had seen it over and yeah. over and over and over, but for new, for new people, they're like, wow, this is magic. Right. Um, that's so, a yeah, really I mean, good point. Yeah. Not to, not to burst your bubble or anything. No, but... no, no, dude, <laughs> I, 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 I get it completely because, uh, you know, I've originally pointed that question towards voiceover artists, which even though obviously they're putting in t tons of emotion and work, there's still a greater level of distance. Now, being a music composer myself and fully acclimated and, you know, editing podcasts to just painstakingly being around something for so long that you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm just glad it's finished. And obviously, because you're perpetually creating, I'm sure you're just thinking, all right, what next? Yeah, exactly. That's yes, it's 100 percent spot on. It's always for, uh, I guess, the creator you know, who if you are passionate about your project, you're always going to be wondering, OK, what can I how can I make more? Right. And it's yeah. just a constant cycle of creation and release. And uh, yeah, I guess you don't really get any breaks, but at the same time, like you, 
like I love it. Right. Mm. And I think mm. it's imperative for people to pursue things they love because yeah, there's going to be some work. Like people will say, Oh, if you do something you love, you don't work a day in your life. It's kind of true. And it's kind of not like, no matter what you do, there's still going to be grunge work. Yeah. Like even if you love it, but um, man, I want to trade this for the world. You know, like, yeah, I feel I, you. I, 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 you know, I, my wife asked me recently, like, you know, I go through really stressful times and stuff like that. And, lack of sleep and but and my wife asked me like are you happy and i'm like oh absolutely you know i i wouldn't trade this for anything like i'm exactly where i want to be in Mm. life and um that's that's super critical because you know i i spent all of my 20s being in a place i didn't want to be um and so it's you know it's, it's, it's just really important for people that, that perspective goes a hell of a long way. And I, I don't know if people always realize that does. However many days might be difficult and stressful, you know, struggling with things and pushing your vision and your love and your passion further. It's like, well, hey, this is mine. This is what I want to do. To have those same feelings of being bogged down with something you don't care about, that's soul destroying. And soul destroying. Yeah. I remember what you said in the uh, closing credits webinar, and it's uh, about... <clears throat> kind of moving forwards and i it it actually entered uh put a quote into my head which i wanted to say then but i'm gonna say now which is i'd always rather what next instead of what if yes yeah there's always there's always time to change and, and pursue your dream man i mean there's there's always time it doesn't matter how old you are really uh you can but i but i always suggest to people you know, don't just quit your job and all your responsibilities to, to chase your dream, like work on your dream on the side until you get it to a point where you know that if you give it your full attention, mm. you can make it succeed. Like you have to know. Um, <clears throat> so I actually got kind of like laid off slash quit <laughs> my, when I was about 30 years old, my channel was at, uh, around 60, 70,000 subscribers. And mm. I knew all I wanted to do was make YouTube videos. Uh, my channel was growing, which was literally like the best feeling in the world to, to see like your kind of dream become actualized. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't focus at work. I didn't care. I wasn't really doing any work. I go in for a few hours. I would just leave. <laughs> and eventually they called, they eventually they called me in to just lay me off. And I was just like, when can I go home? Like, I don't even <laughs> want to be here. I went home and I just jumped on my computer and, you know, started making videos and stuff. So, but at, you know, at that point, at least I was like making some revenue through you. You had the awareness that it wasn't a crazy jump. It was just the kind of, like, like you were saying there, I do feel like it's not just jumping a deep end. It's a gradual transition where at one point they become parallel and then the, uh, the momentum changes to the direction you wish to go instead. It's not just, I'm taking a complete 180, right? Right. Well, actually, so in 2014, I tried to to do a 180. I, I okay. quit. I quit. I bought, you know, computer, microphone, camera, drawing, tablet, all this stuff. Uh, and and uh, for about three months, I was trying to make videos and just do the YouTube thing. Mm. And it was like between all the equipment and, you know, three months of rent and other bills with no income, uh, my savings just dwindled insanely fast and after three months i was like okay i you know i better get a job again (laughs) i'm gonna go completely broke so uh so i did and then i just kept slowly working on you know the channel on the side and then it wasn't until uh i released a goku versus one punch man Mm. that it really got some 
nice growth, like recognition. And that kind of spawned everything else. Wow, you you in, inadvertently answered my next question, which I won't bother asking now. Uh, next question after that, then. What's your favorite slash best things about anime, card games, and manga? And 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 what's as in like what inspired you to to do it yourself? And what 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 were your favorite things about what you do? If that makes sense. Oh man, that's a lot. Uh, damn, I could talk about that forever. Um, I got so, time, man. I'm fascinated. We'll, <laughs> we'll start with the card games. So I grew up with card games. First, first was actually Magic, I think, and then Pokemon. Mm. Uh, I played a couple Dragon Ball Z games, and then I was really big into Yu-Gi-Oh for like 15 years or so. And I was mm-hmm. traveling all around the United States playing in these tournaments. And wow. I, uh, it was great. There, there's, there's something about card games where you make friends, like real friends. You know, you go to the same local card shop every weekend, you play against the same people. And there's like just this kind of bond that you build with people that I think I is, re- it's really amazing. You know, it's a really good way, especially as you get older, it's re- it gets harder and harder to make friends. And mm. Once you have kids, it's like even harder. So um, that's something I missed was that kind of like bro time, I guess you could call it, or companion, mm. and also the, the sense of competition. Like I'm always very competitive. So that, that satisfies two things. And the third mm. one is, because the anime and the manga are going to come out so slow, I wanted like another way to introduce more of the story. Makes and sense. That's a card game. So um, I love it. Every night on Discord, we meet up like my fans and I, and we play against each other and, and hang out. And we're all becoming friends now. And it's like reliving that kind of old Yu-Gi-Oh days. You a know, genuine I mean, community though. Yes, a genuine community of people who like love and cherish the game and are becoming friends. It's it's really awesome. Like I'm on there every single night with them. And um, as far as the manga, I mean, I'm I'm super fortunate to have found Pedro and that he was available because he is I think that like one day he could be hailed as the literal best manga artist in the world. Like I think he's he's actually that good and nice. he's, he's consistently improving and he's a visionary like he's he's like an actual visionary when it comes to art so um and for the anime you know i actually wasn't even really planning on doing the anime um Mm. it was just going to be the manga and the card game but i know my fans and you know because a lot of them subscribed for like animations which i used to do a lot of on the channel i don't really anymore um i know that you know they're like kind of visual learners and yeah, I need like some animation for this to get them excited, you know, and so worked really hard in the animation and I'm, I'm really proud of it, though. You know, we got a bunch of web gen animators. Like, it's bloody Twitter, impressive, dude. Seriously. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and a couple a couple animators dropped off in the beginning who were supposed to do, you know, certain cuts. And so. I couldn't get anyone else. So I just did it myself. <laughs> mm. um, and uh yeah, that, I mean, that's why it's a little like inconsistent in some like parts, like to kind of look a little different because we sure. have so many hands in the cookie jar and no animation supervisor. But like we we did it. Baptism I mean, of I, fire, man. How many how many YouTubers? I, I only know of one anime YouTuber that made his own anime and he's no longer a YouTuber and his it didn't succeed. So that can be only one. <clears throat> uh, there might be more. I could be wrong. There might be more, but that's the only one that I know of. And I know people have kind of tried making their own cartoons and stuff, but you know, it's, it's, I've been following all these animes and shows for my whole life. And 
I, you know, I eventually got to a point where I was just like, what am I, I'm going to spend my whole life being a critic or talking about other people's creations. Like, or am I going to make my own, you know? Mm -hmm. And at some point in your life, I think you just kind of come to this cornerstone where you're like, I'm just going to give this my all, you know, and, and, and make it happen. And you have to, you have to like, know internally that like, you're going to make it happen or you'll just quit because how many people have ideas and then how many people actually turn that idea into a creation? It's like, everybody has ideas. Very, very few turn that into, you know, a reality. And that's only going to come through incredible levels of dedication and hard work, dedication, hard work, craft, all of that, you know, risk risk and luck too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, you say luck, I, I think luck does play a part to an extent, but I think it also somewhat diminishes what you put in because i've had conversations with people before who see someone and say oh they're so lucky like this person who i know has literally put in years into their professional career be it a musician voice artist wrestler anything like that and to me luck is walking down the street and having someone say oh you're gorgeous i'm going to give you a modeling career but you've you've done so much to get where you are you know, so I, I think it's also important to not lose sight of that as well. And actually, it leads me into the, the depressing alternative question here, which is, what's the worst thing? What's the converse of everything I just asked? Uh, has, and has there ever been a moment, which you might well have alluded to anyway, when you thought, what's the fucking point? What am I doing here? This isn't going anywhere. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you a good one. <clears throat> so when I started YouTube, you know, I, I just would work from my house, right? And I was single at the time. And I could just literally wake up and work all day and all night, go to sleep, wake up, do it again. I was able to produce very fast doing that. Mm. And then I started dating my, who's my wife now. When she moved in, uh, I noticed a big shift because she'd come home at 5 p.m. and just want me to drop everything I'm doing and spend time with her. Yeah. And that's, so that's hard lose. as a creator, right? It's very hard. <clears throat> and I, you know, I would tell her like, look, you know, I can't just drop everything I'm doing, you know? And so I would lose about five or six hours a day now mm. and potentially weekends. And then once we had a child, you know, it, it, my time like literally went to almost zero. Um, and, you know, then eventually my, my child went to daycare and my wife went back to work and I was able to work, you know, eight hours a day again, mm. but then the pandemic hit. And they were both home. And when you have a wife and kids and you're sitting in your office with the doors closed, like they don't understand you're working. Right? Yeah. Like, they, they just think you're being cold and unsociable. Right. Yeah. They, they, they don't get it. Like there's yeah. some kind of, and that's like, that's like every family. Like they it, just, like, kids it, don't it, understand. You know? It's everyone who's not a creator who has that kind of vision and that legacy that, you know, if I don't do this, it literally won't happen any other way. Cause right. I, 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 how old's your child out of interest? Uh, almost four so like three and a half ish okay because i've got an 11 year old so i've i've had you know those experiences as well and it's a tough one because you know you're, you're trying to balance life you you want to be the best father you can be but at the same time you you know you, you've got this vision that needs to happen because the alternative is is nothingness and that's not an alternative right. so yeah i i appreciate your your candid answer there do you have anything to add to that Yes. Yeah, so well, what, what happened was, and I, I completely agree with you is I, I just, it was like either be nothing and, or, or, you know, make sacrifices and, and, and sacrifice sleep and just, 
try, you know, but what happened was the pandemic hit the kid and the wife were home. I literally could not work for months and it, it got rough around the household. Like I'm not going to lie because it's like my dream versus my family. And I was like having to make a choice. A sacrifice, if you will. I couldn't record because they're being loud. You know, Mm. uh, every time I was like, if I was trying to edit or animate, like, you know, my daughter, my wife just walks in the office and, you know, starts asking me for stuff or climbing all over me. And it was just like, I, I started to get, that was like a moment for me where I started to get kind of like, I don't know, scared, really worried. I was like, is this the end of my YouTube career? Like in my dream, like, am, like, am I just, am I just screwed? Uh, or am I yeah. just going to have to be like super cold at home? And I tried to move everything to my basement, but it didn't work because the lighting and the audio was so bad down there. It just like, I, it, it sounded horrible. Was that when um, you used your behelet finally? My what? Behelet. Sorry, it just sounds so much like Griffith with his grand vision, what you're saying here. I can't not be there. No, well, I, here's what happened. It was actually kind of interesting. So I watched this YouTube video. Um, there's a guy named Paolo from Tokyo, and he does like kind of these mini documentaries on um, jobs in Japan or like how things are made in Japan. Mm. I, don't, I don't even know why it popped up in my YouTube feed, but it was like the life of a mangaka, which is uh, a manga artist and writer in Japan. And the video opens up, he wakes up on the floor in this little apartment, because like in Japan, they sleep on the floor on these. And, you know, he goes over to his fridge, it's 6am. He goes over to his fridge, he opens it, there's only bottles of water and beer in the fridge. (laughs) Like that, literally, that's it. (laughs) And uh, he walks a block to his house, where his wife and kid are. Oh shit! But he goes directly in the basement, and then his employees come over and work in the basement with him. And moral of the story is, he had to get a separate apartment from his house just so he could like work and stay up his late at night. Vision and, work. and his sanity, right? And yeah, and sanity. Sanity is a big one, dude. Yeah. I mean, what? Like, I, I was at, I was at the precipice of like losing my sanity, like with when the pandemic, the first few months of it, because mm. not being able to work, like wife and daughter all over me, and dream dying, and it was like, I, I feel that so much. It's a tough one because you don't want to feel like it, the worst fucking asshole, but it's it's got to be so difficult feeling resentment for people you love more than anything. <laughs> Absolutely, couldn't have said it better, man. Um, so I said, okay. I'm going to try this, right? I'm not making any money anymore, but if I don't give this a shot and it doesn't work, like I'm, I don't know, I'm screwed. I'm going to have to figure something else out. <laughs> so I started looking for apartments. Uh, I found like a, a one bedroom, you know, studio in like a little town center. So it would, you know, give me walking distance to the grocery store and some restaurants and a nice. gym. And it's about 10 minutes from my house. Perfect. So I, I just said, screw it. I had to like, I literally had to look at the apartment over a zoom call, like laptop camera with like, that was on like shitty Wi-Fi. So like, I like the guys literally walking, they wouldn't allow me to, because of the pandemic to walk in and like, take a look at it. So he's like walking through with this laptop, like just showing it to me. Wow. feels like up now. And, um, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to, so I was able to get a short term lease of four months and I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. I literally like rented a a U-Haul and just filled up everything myself, desk, computer, monitors, literally everything, and just drove it over there and unloaded it all myself, set up, and I got to work. 
And within those four months, I saw a steady increase in my revenue, basically eventually getting back on track to, you know, where it was pre pandemic. And so I'm actually in the studio right now. I've been in here for about two years, but it was scary. I was like, cause it's like really you, expensive. You haven't left and, there in two years. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> <That's a joke. laughs> I do, wow, I do, focused. I do actually stay here some nights. Like I just tell my wife, like I need to work all night and yeah, I, makes just, sense. I have a little bed here and I just, you know, and it helps, it helps big time because like when I go home, I, I just can't work at home. Like it's impossible. Um, and it's very important. You, you managed to make that distinction, a, a very pivotal part of your life and your families, right? Yeah. And it improved my marriage too, you know, because now when I come home, I can be more attentive to my family and You've I'm got not a, uh, differentiation of your worlds now, right? Exactly. Yes. It was a, it was a big risk, but it, it paid off. And I think um, one of the morals of, of the story, and I think one of the most important things I can give to, to you and anyone listening is whenever you come to a crossroads in life where you have to take a big risk and it's terrifying you, more often than not, you're in the right direction. And taking mm -hmm. that risk, you're going to be like, look back and be like, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I'm genuinely going to take a lot from that because I feel myself growing closer in that trajectory. And it's, I, I've referenced it because you did as well, but I'm, I'm going to, well, actually, no, I'm going to get to a, a certain reference later on. But I, I did want to ask, because I'm on this current trajectory, and I know YouTube's a hard slog, not personally, but a good friend of mine is a YouTuber and he tells me how fucking draining it is. And I've listened to some who've gone from being part-time to full-time. And I'm intrigued to know like what that does to your sleep because I'm someone who's battled with sleep deprivation most of my life. I've had insomnia since 13. I've got sleep apnea. Whenever I don't have to go to a kind of normal human societal nine to five thing, I just become vampiric and a werewolf again. So, so what is that? Oh man, <laughs> I... Right now, like, oh man, my sleep schedule, dude, it it's brutal. Um, I I either like sometimes I just don't sleep. Uh, right now, my sleep schedule is I'm going to sleep at like six or seven a.m. Mm. and it'll it it starts to really affect me because then I sleep like all day and then I like and I'm like, I hate it. Right. Because I miss everything like all day. Yeah, and yeah. so, so then I'll try and stay up all night to fix it. And I'll end up having to like, cr like take a nap the next day at like noon Gosh. and I'll sleep like four hours. And then yeah. I get caught in this limbo of micro sleeping. So mm. like I'll nap for like and sleep, yeah. three or four hours at a time. And so you just, you're tired all the time. I know you're that feeling not so productive. Much. You can't work out, which makes you feel like even worse. And um, it's brutal. And then like, you know, even then, so then I'll stay up like another day to try and like, you know, re-regulate it, to re-regulate it. But then like your body's set in micro <laughs> sleep mode. Yeah, so I, so, no, no, no. You can't fool me like that. Yeah. And so you only sleep, you know, four hours. So you go to sleep at 10 PM, wake up at 2 AM, like, and you can't go back to sleep. And now you're, you're just caught in this fucked up limbo of sleep and you're just miserable and i've been dealing with that um yeah pretty much like my whole youtube career um i feel that <laughs> like, yeah and uh it's it's like man uh, when I, whenever i get to reset it where i get tired at 10 p.m and i can sleep that's like the best feeling you know, get up at seven or whatever you're productive all day but for whatever reason i i just i always break it it'll last two weeks 
and then um, back to the same old shit again. Well, you know, the, I think there's a reason you're breaking it. And I think the unfortunate reality is like me and like some people I know, uh, like one of my closest friends, you're, you're, you're just, you're not wired the same way as people. And I don't mean that in a dramatic sense. I just, I think society has really played a trick on human beings to pretend that we're all diurnal when some of us are legitimately nocturnal. It's, yeah. it, it's not a fucking coincidence that people like you and I, the second we don't have to fit into a certain regime, we will just go back to being nocturnal. I remember when I've been working, I've had to force myself to sleep before midnight and it's so unnatural for me. So the second I don't have to go to a day job, I'll just be like, oh, hmm, it's one now. Well, I used to go to bed around this time and that would be a struggle. And then it's two, then it's three. Like yesterday, for instance, I went to bed. Uh, I was supposed to try and go to bed at quarter past three. And I thought, you know what? I'll just look at microphones and audio interfaces. Then it's 10 to six and I'm thinking, shit, you know, and it just happens. <laughs> yeah, but the it reason happens. it happens, it, it's like I said, it's historical. People put too much uh, focus on a Victorian uh, factorial structure, as in you wake up in the morning, you work in a factory, you come home in the evening. Bullshit. Because from prehistoric times, when we had to fucking fend off wild animals, who was doing the night watch? Probably people like us. Yeah, probably. And the men. Um, yeah. I, I I definitely think there's morning birds and and night owls, you know, hundred percent a night owl. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the problem is people not understanding that. I was talking to someone recently who said, "Oh, uh, oh, you you like your lions, don't you?" I was like, "What? Excuse me? Oh, you know, you like your lions?" I said, "No, no. What what time do you go to bed?" Oh, between uh, ten and half eleven. Yeah, I go to bed around maybe two between two and five so what are you doing when i'm up in the night working well i'm sleeping yeah so how is that me having a lying i call it a fucking sleep cycle because the owner people don't realize that they assume that well i'm asleep so everyone else must be whereas i'm sure like me you feel deep inspiration through the through the witching hours and there's something about the solitude and the silence that just allows you to focus more i find yeah, you know, I listen to a lot of these like entrepreneurs, like these like motivational kind of videos, and they always talk about rise and grind, get up at 3am and you know, oh, everybody else is asleep. You can get work done and work out. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to sleep at 3am. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean. Like, yeah, you can still do the same thing if you stay up all night rather than get up early. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, what are you a fucking newborn baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily believe like, so traditionally i've always struggled to get up in the morning that's why like having a regular job was always so damn hard for me and one of the reasons i wanted to do youtube and be my own boss was so that i could set my own schedule and sleep in and i actually do get to sleep in now when i'm not when i'm not working on a massive project like knee deep and shit um yeah i can i can sleep in and it's it's just monumental for me but um Sleep is sleep is insanely important. I mean, I wish like even even in high school, you know, you have to get up at six in the morning and for like a growing teenager, it's it's brutal. It's you know? unnatural. It is unnatural. unnatural. It feels it feels super unnatural. And I was just always in this state of exhaustion, like pretty much my whole life mm. <laughs> until I uh, until I, you know, started YouTube. But then I was in a state of exhaustion from overwork, not from lack of sleep. But <laughs> Well, the devil you know though i mean I, I i do really think that the world needs more people like us and that might sound silly but to have more people who are nocturnal 
who just kind of say, hey, look, the norm isn't waking up crazy early and going to bed early to like, you know, be part of the day. We need the balance. So people like us aren't put in these awkward positions that's unnatural for us because it, it just, it doesn't work and it's hard. And my, 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 my son's nocturnal. My mom's nocturnal. A lot of people close to me are nocturnal. I've got some friends who I'll be having random chats with at like two and three in the morning because it's just normal for us. And the concept of, oh, it's half nine, I'm going to sleep. It's like, are you fucking crazy? They hasn't even started yet. But I could talk about this forever. But I, I, I do want to make another point here. And you, you already mentioned your artist slash collaborator, Pedro, uh, and how much of a visionary and how gifted he is. And it's, it's kind of a statement slash question. Because when you mentioned this, it really did remind me of the camaraderie and connection with between Stanley and Steve Ditko as in you've got this incredible visionary with this amazing mind and drive who manages to find this artist where they can just bring out the best of each other so my question is what do you look for in a graphic artist slash animator slash voice actor slash musician I'm, I'm intrigued to know please <laughs> 